podcast in which three nerds watch all of Star Trek in chronological order, one of them experiencing it all for the very first time. My name is PJ Montgomery and I am joined as ever by Matt Troy. Hey. And our resident Trek first timer, Elliot Red. Hi everyone. And we have a guest this week. It's our first guest for the third season. We saw him last year in season one when the Ferengi came along. Please everybody give a big welcome back to writer and big Star Trek fan and D. Frank Camellan. I said your name weird there, Andy. I apologise. <laughs> but apparently that's fine. I'm used to, I've, ever since I've been back in Wales, people call me Anne, so I assumed that was just normal. <laughs> I, I don't think I could shorten Andy because it's already an abbreviation of Andrew, isn't it? So The Welsh really are. If you have more than one syllable in your name, the Welsh will shorten it. I don't mind. When people say to me, like, all right, and I'm like, well, you guys call each other but, so conjunction, fine, <laughs> yeah, whatever. all right, with, all right, when, all right, you know, death. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you been since we last had you on, Andy? It's been a while, I think. It's been a long time. <clears throat> Getting from there to here. Haha, yes. I've been good, to be fair. As you know, I've got into my own Star Trek rewatch, which... um is you know, I'm enjoying it, but unlike you guys, because I'm not as insane, clearly, I've started with TOS and I'm working my way through it in the correct way. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it does help. <laughs> I mean, as I've told you already, PJ, a few times, I am dying to find out how it works for Elliot when we get to, uh, when you guys get to TOS, because, oh, the change will be something else. Because it's not sure that people like to think it was there are a few key points i'm excited for elliot to reach for the first time <laughs> yeah. um, i'm gonna say just to f- just throw a few words out for you guys oh. uh, sub rosa i like Vix. That, oh <laughs> that was a tough one <laughs> what about angel one angel one mm-hmm. there's a, there, oh, that is absolute dog shit mm. but it's code of honor. could be code of honor which is the one where they go to the planet and the aliens are just black people like, well, that's code of honor. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that one's absolute not... dog shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least that's out of the way early in TNG, and then you yeah, yes. gold. So you know, they were relearning. You know, threshold, threshold. <laughs> These are the changes. I can barely remember that. Spring. I'm going to do a uh, measure of fans say I barely remember that episode. Which one? Threshold. <laughs> I'm I'm fully aware of it because obviously it's all over the net. It's but memes, I've yeah. You don't really. I've seen Voyager at least twice through, and yeah, that one that's not stuck in my head ever. It's stuck in my head because it just put its fist into the turkey of canon. Mm. <laughs> and, and just I don't know. It put mayonnaise in there. I don't know what it did. It was just 
It was just things I didn't want to happen happened. <laughs> yeah, they really did. They really did. Um, before we do get on to today's episode, I do want to put just a little, a little, uh, let's, let's call it public entreaty out there to you fine listeners. You're a lovely, upstanding bunch, and we thoroughly appreciate you giving your time to us. But for the love of God, please, on Twitter, stop sending us the Strange New Worlds opening titles with the Enterprise theme tune over them. We've seen it enough. <laughs> we've suffered enough i don't want to see that <laughs> i've linked to it once and then now every every time someone who listens to the show hears it they have to send it to us apparently does it fit though annoyingly yeah <laughs> better than on tries well i mean that's right. no Bet. but <laughs> anyway this week we are looking at extinction which was written by andre bormanis the episode apparently did have a writer was directed by LeVar Burton, Paul LeVar, and aired on the 24th of September, 2003. Before we go any further, a couple of things Memory Alpha tells me about it. Apparently, after the episode, LeVar Burton went to the producers and told them he was ashamed that he had directed it. <laughs> and on the season three Blu-ray extras, Brannon Braga, this is the exact quote, says about this episode, one of the singularly most embarrassing episodes of Star Trek I've ever been involved with. <laughs> It's a curious um, thing to say, considering some of the stuff he personally was involved in. Yeah. It's not even close to as bad as... I don't know, I don't We'll soon find out. So, uh, we open in a jungle where some alien dude is running away from three other alien dudes. They're all wearing EV suits, and then they set him on fire. That's our open. Which, you know, nice. Yeah. It's quick, punchy, to the point. I liked it. Arguably the best part of the episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, that's fair. <laughs> The opening is a metaphor for what I wish had happened to the rest of the episode. <laughs> or just us. <laughs> yeah. I guess you guys didn't like it as much as I did then. I mean, cards on the table. This was fucking awful. Okay. So. <laughs> That'll be a no. <laughs> so then we have, we, we have the theme tune. And this is, see, last time you were on, Andy, it was the old version of the theme tune. Now we have the new happier, upbeat version for the darker version of the show. Can I just go on record, like a another guest called Andy. All of our guests are called Andy. It does seem to be. <laughs> I'm actually not the same one that, that you had first time around. I'm a different version of me. <laughs> but I look just the same. Greater <laughs> probably, but no, I was going to say, um, I also have the full-length version of that song on my iTunes. <laughs> and the full-length version is markedly better than the very trimmed version they use for the TV show, in my opinion. Is it the, the like, the jangly version or the original somber oh, the, version? The original somber, but because the, um, a lot of the verses are rearranged in terms of lyrically, they're not quite play out the same way they play out in the opening credits for some reason. Like, it's, we get, like, half a, in the opening credits, you get half of one verse and then the second half of another verse put together. It's very weird. I was going to say, it's not just like the lyrics all chopped up, so it's going like, it's a long B. Wait there, get. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that would really harm the compositional integrity of this song. <laughs> yeah. One thing I noticed about the new, new version of the tune this time around is right at the end, the very last bit of it is like a slightly twinkly guitar that goes sort of goes do 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 and it sounds like the end of the neighbors theme tune <laughs> <soap> opera. 
Can we please have the word twankily added to the dictionary? <laughs> I can write it in my copy right now if you like. Do it. <laughs> What's your definition of twankily? It's like a combination of twinkly and wanky. wanky. <laughs> it sounds like Malcolm. <laughs> yeah, you put twankily in the dictionary and there's just a photo of Malcolm Reed. <laughs> Make a note of that because I might put in my next book and then it's illegal. Do it. Twinkly. How would you spell it? Twank? Okay. Yeah, T-W-A-N-K-L-Y. Or alternative spelling, I-double-L-Y at the end. Oh God! <laughs> then it sounds like a cream. Frankly, I might. Do you know what? I'm in the middle of writing my follow-up tabletop game book at the moment. I might put a character in there called Twankly. Twankly. There you go. We'll spread it around. Soon be there. Yeah. We'll make it happen. Okay. I want money, though. You guys use it. You pay me. That's how that works. <laughs> buy your coffee. I'll take it. There we go. <laughs> Anyway, theme tune ends, and we're into Paul's quarters, so we all know what's about to happen. She's in her sexy pyjamas, so Tripp's arriving, and he's got his peaches. Moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure of peaches. <laughs> I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat me a lot of peaches. Yeah, he, he turns up and says, oh, I'm sorry I missed our last couple of sessions, and to Paul basically says so you should be i'm horny yeah and then she's like oh don't worry i'm not gonna paralyze you (laughs) 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 why was there even fruit in this scene i don't understand forbidden fruit plus setting up for later obviously look there's there's a trope that a friend of mine and i talk about which is like the, the like the inevitable sort of like fantasy bisexual character who's always got like you know, a beautiful garden, like an Eastern-style palace. They wear, like, a long robe that's made of silk, and they have little birds in cages and, like, lots of, like, oiled-up servants. And at some point, invariably, they take a juicy fruit and then explain to the main character how, that you know, it's basically the opposite of Scaramanga in Bond. Like, he's telling Mr. Bond that he loves killing as much as he does. But this character uh, will be like, oh, you like the pleasures of the flesh as much as I do. And it's like the guys from the South in Game of Thrones, you know, the fancy guys, the, yeah. the Viper and all that. It, it's basically that trope, isn't it? It's just like, it's a sexy object. That she yeah. seductively bites into just just briefly, just enough for later. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is this moment where she's like, I, I don't want to eat a peach right now. Peaches come from a can. And he's like, eat the goddamn peach. <laughs> Forces his peach upon her. Oh. Everything is wrong. <laughs> yeah. But as she's... Oh, there's also a whole bit about feet. And she's like, yeah, you've got things in your feet. And he's like, I'm ticklish. And... Oh. What's he got in his feet? Muffets. Like, I, what's going on? More peaches. Peaches for me. Oh... I also hate that this program keeps bringing up that T'Pol has sensitive smell and they're not doing anything about it. It's like, yeah, I'm going to mention it, but I'm not going to actually make it matter to a plot or have it do anything other than just having yeah. it be a mention. It's like, just so I can mention stinky feet. That's all. Are you happy? Ugh. He does basically go, my feet fucking reek right now. Oh, I don't like it. I hate smell stuff. Like, I, for me, it'd be much better if she was just on the bridge and like trip walk in and you give him side eye and went... 
you fucking stink. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough side eye in this show. <laughs> <laughs> All of it is the balls. <laughs> but before she can get to his feet, sparing all of us. She gets a call from Archer, who's like, hey, I'm in the fancy new room we've got. You need to get here quickly. She gets dressed first, because, you know, I, I hope Trip left before that happened. Yeah, and she's a professional, after all. <laughs> and then when she gets to the room, Archer's got, like, five cups of coffee in front of him, and he's twitching a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's basically used the Zindi notes the database they got from the sphere last episode to say they went to this planet so i think we should go to this planet also these ones are monkeys indies yeah, yeah. You, you know that meme picture of the guy from it's always sunny like with loads of like papers and stuff yeah. like going crazy and conspiracy theories and stuff that's, well, that's what the, the day, yeah yeah that's that one yeah <laughs> that is, what is exactly what it is <laughs> Uh, petition to replace that meme with Scott Bakula. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Do it, do it. <laughs> so they go to this planet, and T'Pol's got another costume now. She's got her snowsuit on. Yes. <laughs> were they were they going to be doing a lot of T'Pol action figures at this point? Is that why she's wearing something <laughs> different every episode? I don't know. Like Maybe it's just because she's not in the Vulcan Science Academy anymore, so she can just wear what she wants. Like, every day is mufty. She can just wear whatever clothes that she wants. It makes a difference, though, <laughs> I think, to seeing her actually not wearing that awful thing she's wearing in season one and two. Yeah. Seeing her looking, well, think air quote, normal, you know. It seems, to, for me, it seems to me that the actress herself seems to be a bit more comfortable as a result as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's it's better than the same thing that we've been seeing, which oh, was God, kind yeah. of dull and boring. Yeah, I agree. It still has no rhyme or reason to it by any means, and there's no <laughs> thought behind what Vulcans should be wearing or anything. It's just, you know... Yeah, there's no reason, narratively, why she is not in uniform, full stop, really. You know? Yeah. And yeah. later on, of course, as you will find out, Elliot, you do see her in uniform, and it's like, wow, it makes such a huge difference to the character. Perhaps they just didn't like they didn't have the bits. Like they were like, "Oh shit, we didn't get you a uniform because we're supposed to be taking you home, so you you can wear your own clothes." It's like you know, when you forget your PE kit. Yeah. So, <laughs> so she's she's allowed to wear her own clothes, but yeah, I guess that somebody has to make her a uniform. I guess although they should have uniforms in various sizes, right? In the lockers, you can just see them two years later going, "Oh, you know, we're meant to get you a uniform." Yeah, about that, <laughs> but. It's like, uh, you know, what if, like, Malcolm got the ass cheeks burned off his uniform? Oh, no. like, hey. Would we just have to see him for the rest of the season with his ass, though? Like, uh, is there only one uniform per person? I imagine if that happened to Malcolm, Archer would say, you haven't had your uniform repaired yet, and Malcolm would go, I prefer this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that was the closest to a real Malcolm that we've had in a while. Yes, and there's reasons for that. We're going to get into it but Goblin Malcolm is dead, okay? Okay. So they decide they're going to take a shuttle pod down to the planet, Archer, T'Pol, Hoshi, and Malcolm. I don't. They need to take Hoshi, even though there's no life signs on the planet, because they might have to speak to a tree. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Never know. <laughs> Does she have to say anything before the transformations begin? I don't remember saying anything. No. She's just sat in the back of the shuttle yeah. pod, and then she's wandering around. Next thing you know, she doesn't stop talking. <laughs> yeah. So they find this 
Zindi landing craft and a couple of charred corpses, but no Zindi corpses. And then everyone starts bubbling and turning into <laughs> weird monster creatures. And I think Topol manages to quickly call the Enterprise, where for some reason Travis is in charge. Do they just let the first person who sits in the captain's chair take over? <laughs> that was odd, because... Yeah, because he's only an engine. Yeah, it's like that final round of musical chairs every time. Yeah, he's in the command division, but still, like, cannot possibly be the highest-ranking officer on the bridge. Perhaps the lieutenant in charge is in the toilet or something. <laughs> it seems that Trip was in charge, and obviously Trip had other things to do, I guess. So he's like, yeah, you'll do. Yeah. Earlier, just a bit earlier, you do see him in a little meeting with a... Uh, is it coming up or Bean, where he's in a brief meeting with uh, Trip? And I did think, ooh... Are we actually going to get Travis doing something? But no, we didn't. No. I can't remember if that's coming up or it's been. I think it's in a little bit because okay. he's just sitting in the chair and Topol says, oh, they're, they're going all lumpy. And then Malcolm has completely transformed into whatever these things are now and attacks her and they just seem to lose the communicator. Right. But she shoots him. So, so that's good. did you guys yeah. remember that this is what happened in the episode, that they got infected and turned into other aliens? I knew. Oh, not. Do you mean before we watched it? Yeah, before you watched it. Did you know that that was going to happen? I had no memory of this. Even watching it, I was like, I don't remember any of this. All right. I watched this yesterday and I have no memory of it today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, that's a shame. I was going to ask what your reaction was. Well, my last night, my brain just said, Do you want me to write over that episode of Enterprise (laughs) with a traumatic nightmare about suffocating? And I was like, Yeah, please. Yeah, (laughs) I understand. Patrick? My reaction was like, oh fuck. Oh no. Here we go. I don't remember. (laughs) Right. One of my reactions was they've done this before in a in an equally as awful episode, because like this is kind of what Threshold is about, isn't it? Except in Threshold it's lizards and in this it's like monkey guys. Okay. Yeah, and there's similarities to two next gen episodes Mm. as well. Oh, is that the one where Deanna Troy turns into a frog? Yeah, but there's also another one where Geordie turns into an alien. Oh, yeah. A frog. I, f- I figured there was more of a similarity to the inner light, at least by the end of it. Yeah, actually. Inner shite. There's a title of this episode, Patrick. Inner shite. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> oh, this dude. is where I went, oh, that's interesting. And maybe it's because... It's been like a little bit of a break since I've watched any Enterprise and I've sort of detoxed a little bit. And coming back <laughs> into it, it's like, you know, cruising this constant tide of that hasn't been changing for me. You guys have been saying it's gone up and down. It's just this constant tide of one thing for me, pretty much. So when I come into this episode and it's like, I think, are we saying that they're not doing the, uh, you know, reset at the end of every episode now? Are they kind of done with that? To a degree. To There's a degree. things that carry over, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, because it doesn't feel like they've completely left it. It feels like there's still an, an element, maybe not so much as, as seasons one and two now, but there's still a small element of they want to reset at the end of each episode. Obviously, they're carrying on this Zindi yeah. plot, so I get it. But when, when it comes off, like, oh, yeah, we're just going to reset at the end of that episode. What I'm hearing is I don't care what happens to my characters because it doesn't matter. It's going to be the same thing by the start of the next episode. So if you don't care what happens to your characters, you might as well do something crazy and have them turn into aliens or bullshit, which is not something I've seen yet. 
so it was like it wasn't necessarily good but it was interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes sense that makes sense <laughs> so Archer and Hoshi are also now these weird alien creatures and they all start chasing to pole and poor poor Jolene Blaylock has to do <laughs> damsel in distress fall over running and it's really bad it I don't think she does it very well but I think that's because she knew how shit this script was and she was ashamed of it that's how I read it just like poor oh. Lavar <laughs> yeah I really feel for Lavar <laughs> Yeah. Can you direct this episode? What? Ugh. It's kind of like um, when Roxanne Dawson, I think the episode's been the one where they were basically like all tangled up in that bizarre, milky, webby thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can imagine she must have thought when she got that, she could like, God, even on Voyager, we didn't get this crap. <laughs> That's saying something. <laughs> yeah, she was there going, thank God I'm behind the scenes instead yeah, of on camera. Yeah, now. act this. <laughs> anyway. Our three former crew members, now aliens. Otapol has gone a little bit lumpy, but she's fine. Um, they've now captured her and tied her to sticks or something. And then they start speaking to each other. May I have that? The device, may I have it? understand each other. You're going to have to talk. And this was the sequence where I wrote down, great, we have to stop Goblin Malcolm because when even Malcolm starts doing Goblin Malcolm impressions in the fucking <laughs> show, the joke is done. <laughs> you know, I jumped the shark. I do have a note that says here, Malcolm sounds a bit like Goblin Malcolm once the translator works. <laughs> this is like the the tragedy of this is it's the second major meme that we've burned through with Malcolm after like Malcolm cleaning shit off the shuttles and now this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's why Goblin Malcolm is gone. I'm sorry for anyone who liked it. That's like two people. To you guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I've ruined it now. <laughs> Goblin Malcolm's plane was shot down over the Sea of Japan. <laughs> there were no survivors. Yeah, the joke is dead. R.I.P. And, and uh, what's his face? What's the actor's name? Dominic Keaton. Him, yeah. He killed it for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm so impressed by him. I can't remember his name. Ugh, I know this character. Oh. <laughs> anyway, Topol gets them to untie her and she gets the Universal Translator working so she can talk to them, but they're very primitive. They're not. Uh, yeah, I will say because that takes a little while before they get the translator and all of that stuff. There's like twenty minutes in twenty-five ish, maybe minutes into the episode that that happens. That's quite a long time that they're down on the planet and you have no idea what's happening 
and you're just like oh okay the crew just transformed what the fuck uh, okay they're going to explain <laughs> it and then like 10 minutes later you're like the fuck is going on like it's it again i don't know if it's good but it's interesting <laughs> to me it feels it felt and obviously in minority again but i thought it felt very very star trek for what for you know only for a little while but it did feel like, oh, this feels like an actual episode of Star Trek. Oh, interesting factoid, which I don't know if you noticed on P- um, on uh, Memory Alpha, but apparently this is the first episode that actually had the title Star Trek in it for Enterprise. Yeah, when they were first showing yeah, it, apparently. Yeah, it's only on the Blu-ray and DVD that they stuck it on the previous two as well. Yeah. Which is yeah. what choice to stick it on a third episode in. <laughs> it's weird. It's very, there we go. But anyway, yeah, but which felt right to me because this actually first time in a while felt like it was actually Star Trek, for <laughs> in a good and a bad way. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I just thought to see that this was like, yeah, let's fanny around with some kind of weird plot, mm. and we may fail. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, weirdly enough, like just to go slightly off track, I was. I think I maybe mentioned this previously on this show. But I was talking to somebody this week about like Picard and the new kind of series of Trek. And once you put like Star Trek plots into a tombola and then you, you spin it around and then a plot drops out, if your plot is, you know, turnabout intruder or you know, threshold, and you've decided to make every season one continuing plot then you're gonna get a dog shit season. Yeah. <laughs> For example, season two of Picard. Which I was initially enthusiastic about, like, at least with Enterprise, like the one saving grace is if you drop something through the dog shit t- tombola, you're only getting one episode, maybe maximum of two out of that plot line. Yeah, this doesn't stick around, thankfully. Um, I think I think this, to me, this episode feels like a good Star Trek idea, but it's executed as bad Star Trek. Mm. Yeah. So we cut to the Enterprise where Flock says, well, this bio sign is Vulcan. I can't see any human bio signs. There's just these other weird bio signs. And Travis goes, well, Topol did say transformed. Ah, they've been turned into aliens. We're there already. <laughs> <laughs> Trips wants to go down and get them, but Flock says, I need to do more research. And Trips says, no, we're going to wear our fancy EV suits and we're going down. I'm taking some Marines. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I've obviously m- missed your previous two episodes because they've not been you know, broadcast yet. So you're probably going to repeat yourselves, but where do you guys stand on this Mako thing? I do not care. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really think that the show, I mean, it's a good idea in terms of you know, what they were doing, but they once again dropped the ball in that they didn't make this more contentious than it was. So a bit, a bit Voyager in that. It's a good idea, but they just don't play it out. Well, they don't do anything about it. They just end up being like the basic security guys. I think like, is there like one episode where they kind of meet? Yeah, one episode when, it's, when uh, you've got, uh, I forgot his name again, Dominic Keaton, trying to be yeah. macho and failing miserably, which Elliot's got to drive that soon. Oh, mm-hmm. God, that's awful episode. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a little lost. Why are we talking about these Marine guys? They've given us no reason to care about them. Yeah, exactly. it's it's what Matt said. They basically just end up being Enterprise's security team, yeah. but with bigger guns, mm. and that is a waste of the idea. I mean, the only time it was ever used in any good way, I guess, would be in Star Trek Beyond, ironically. Mm. Because, yeah. Because, of course, spoiler, <laughs> I don't want to say why, in case Elliot's not seen that film. 
but yeah, because that's the only thing they actually did that you're like, oh, that was interesting. Same wasn't on Enterprise yeah. where the characters appeared, but you know, that's Star Trek, right? <laughs> Again, like I mean, the the last time they tried something similar to this was Voyager with the Maki and the, the Federation crew mixing, and of course. They fucked that too, didn't they? Yeah. Nothing, end of episode one. Yeah, pfft, we'll just ignore that. We've mentioned it once or twice, but who cares, right? Yeah. 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 Back down on the planet, there's a sequence where Malcolm climbs a tree, gets two coconut things down, and they're filled with maggots, and they eat the maggots. And Archer offers some to T'Pol, but she doesn't want them. <laughs> it's great when your show like is reduced to maggot eating as a plot point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's this whole scene they're mentioning something that they want to go to uh urquit uh what no urquit was the guy from house of cards uh the british version <laughs> is it making georgia is that where they want to go yeah <laughs> yeah you know it's it's dumb it's really dumb but more interesting than half the shit i've seen in this show even if it's just silence and weird alien archer who i don't know why he's an alien still cracking an egg but there's maggots in this egg what the fuck is one what is going on also, it's interesting malcolm only gets two down so archer like beats the shit out of him and steals his <laughs> no she just eats one in the corner <laughs> while we're on the planet just briefly just to say something good about the episode because you know balance <laughs> we'll say i think linda park was is very good in her alien mode i think her physicality and the, yeah, she was the best alien. Yeah, it's really good. Whereas the other two just do sibilant whispering, but she's you know literally the entire every time you see her, she's really you know owning it. Which, like I think, like you said the other day, PJ, it's funny how she gets great stuff when she's not being Hoshi, or when Hoshi isn't the focus of the episode. Yeah, but when Hoshi when Hoshi's the focus, pointless. It's really bizarre. Linda Park. This show was a waste of Linda Park. I think absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. I hope that she paid for like a nice apartment out of it. I'm sure she did really well from this, so she felt like, yeah, it's good. I don't mind. <laughs> Wasn't it her first TV <laughs> thing as well? I, seen, Was I it? think, yeah. I've got a very... Wasn't she also dating Tom Hardy around this time, I think? Oh, really? What? Huh. They were dating when he was filming Nemesis. Okay. Certainly. Oh, yeah, this well, yeah, this nice. is post Nemesis now because obviously, yeah, the um, the Zindi are using the Riemann's outfits. Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> and, oh, speaking of reusing, uh, we've gone way past it, but that um, Zin, the Zindi shuttle thingy, that's just a reuse of that um, not Tardis Tardis thing they found in season two. Oh, oh yeah. What Hang on, is this part? Of, no, no, it's not part of the plot. It's just reusing props again because stop. Yeah. And weirdly, Enterprise is probably the one that reuses the least number of props as well from previous, or like at least ship designs anyway, maybe like hack and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because I think like Next Gen has about 50 different ships, but they're the same three or four ships over and over again. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a alien ship from season one, and then it appears in every season in just a new bowl or not a bowl or new this. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's a very popular design, apparently, out there. Yeah, so Trip arrives on the planet with the two Marines, including Daniel Day Kim. He's back Ugh. briefly. Exciting. I'm not a fan of his him either. I will wonder why is Trip leading the team? Is he third in command? Has this been established? Or yeah, I'm I'm assuming it must be because why would a chief engineer be leading this kind of away mission? I watch him like I missed something. Well, I think that in the original series, 
if Kirk and um, Spock weren't on the Enterprise, he was either Uhura or Scotty, wasn't yeah, Scotty it? Was often, Scotty. Yeah, that's my figure, but it's just a way mission bit. I'm like, I can see Trip being in command of the ship. That makes sense. But I don't know. It seemed a bit odd, especially because he's leading the Makos too. I bet they love that. <laughs> just, <laughs> this is the one thing, well, not the one thing, there are a billion things. But one of the things about Battlestar Galactica that was much better is that Adama pretty much spent his entire time in in C and C until like they went to that weird temple on that planet. Like, there's absolutely no reason for Archer to be going to these places at all. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah, but they they find T'Pol and Malcolm, and they manage to shoot Malcolm. So they they've got him, and then Archer runs in and smacks Trip in the face with a branch and cracks his helmet. But then T'Pol says, oh no, and don't hurt him. And then she leaves with Archer and Hoshi, but Trip and the Marines get Malcolm back up to the ship and they put him in the sexy room. Hey. <laughs> At least he doesn't strip, so, you know, bonus. <laughs> this is when Phlox says to Trip, well, to Pol's Vulcan K-cells and neutralising it in her, so I need her DNA to fix this problem. Mm. And Trip says... Well, there's a peach that she's in flocks. Goes, oh no, not yet. Millions of peaches. Well, it makes a change from a hairbrush, doesn't it? <laughs> but then two alien ships turn up and they go, "Hey, you're around this planet. You're not allowed to be around this planet." <laughs> the trip just goes, "Why well, there was no sign?" Yeah. So. The, the guy in charge of the alien ships comes over and Trip says, so look, this is our people. They've This thing that you've said you need to kill everyone who gets infected with, they, they've been infected with it, but we might have a cure. And the guy says, "Are you? do they remember you? Are they acting weird? And Trip says, let me explain Malcolm Reed to you. <laughs> <laughs> he just links him up to his father. <laughs> <laughs> my boy's a bitch. Let me tell you about my boy and how much of a bitch he is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, apparently this the virus is something that was created by this race because they were dying and it was a way to continue their race but it's also incredibly contagious so this other race has quarantined the planet and wiped out millions of their own people to stop it and yeah i get the impression they didn't try very hard to cure it yeah why why wasn't there a sign <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> don't go to this planet you'll be fucked yeah even the Federation would have quarantined it. That planet in Serenity at least had the the signal yeah. to warn people to stay away. Yeah, so Trip says to this guy, look, we are close to a cure, just give us some time. And the guy says, no, I want to kill things. I'm going to kill things. I'll kill you. <laughs> Don't get him up. Oh yeah, he's desperate for a good, good killing, isn't he? Yes, he is. <laughs> so, the, uh, these guys, they're, gonna, they're threatening to flamethrower Archer and and uh, Malcolm <laughs> yeah. and Hoshi. So of course, Trip's kind of like, "Whoa, buddy! Hey, we got a, we got some discussing to do. Why are they flamethrowing people? Why is it flamethrowing? It's, like, it's pretty fun, I guess, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> it's just fun. You, yeah. But when you've got to wipe out an entire population, you at least want to have some fun out of it to stop the gnawing guilt that's going to eat right. your conscience Have you ever tried overnight? to wipe out an entire population? Takes a long time. If you extend that time by using flamethrowers and having to burn everything to a crisp rather than just zap dead, it's so silly. Come on. I'm a little worried that you're speaking from experience here, Elliot, and that we need to have a conversation. 
Perhaps they don't have lasers. Don't have what? Perhaps they just don't have lasers. I thought you said noses. Sorry, I was... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but they've got flamethrowers. If you've got a flamethrower, you can come up with a better... That's silly. Uh, Maybe, like, their planet is sort of, like... it's, 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 like, infested with, like, giant moths. And, like, that's the only thing they've ever had to fight. And the best way of getting rid of a giant moth is a flamethrower. Or they just watched Aliens and thought, fuck yeah. Yeah, that's bad. If you think about it, a giant moth would actually fly towards a flamethrower. Yeah, idiot. (laughs) Doesn't that mean that Mothra would just fly into Godzilla's fire breath? Yeah. She's a very clever moth, though. Yeah, she's a clever moth. She's a cut above, like, the stupid flying moths of this planet. (laughs) Yeah. Or moths flying. <laughs> <laughs> Not after the flamethrower. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway, Archer dreams of a terrible CGI city and then sees himself behind him, but his human self behind his alien self. And, this, it, you know, this CGI city thing, it's weird. They've got to use their basic CGI people models they've used in previous episodes because none of them are moving in a, well, more than unusual way. Whereas, of course, you know, all the act, well, certainly I'm in the park is doing this very physical kind of performance. And none of these little people walk even remotely like them. They're walking like Sims. Yeah. Like, yeah, like Starfleet Sims for this episode. <laughs> it's like, I mean, give them a due for at least trying to you know, use CGing, you know, for all this stuff. But yeah, on HD, it don't work, does it? In the spirit of coming up with excuses, maybe it's because they're not acclimated to the body that they're overtaking yet, so they can't walk properly. There we go. Now you're a Star Trek fan. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) It took two seasons, but... Elliot, self-loathing is part of being a Star Trek fan. That's just... (laughs) I've been a Star Trek fan for years. Uh, You're not wrong, though, because I was chatting... Well, I say chat on Twitter. It's still there now where some dude is ranting and raving about Picard and he only watches it because of how bad it is and he likes to laugh at it. I'm like, is that really the best use of your time? Why not watch something you enjoy? So self-loathing clearly, yeah. Fandom. Or at least if you need to watch something you don't like, do a podcast about it afterwards to make it worthwhile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, be productive about it. Don't just bitch on Twitter because no one cares. <laughs> yeah. Be funny with it, you know. God. <laughs> I've, I've I've watched the series of Picard and I did start off enjoying it like the first few episodes because hmm. like I'm a sucker for like a 20th century Earth episode yeah. like where they go yeah. back in the 20th 21st century but I, it's just let me down too many times yeah I've just kind of and I've stopped watching Discovery because not that I don't think the last series was bad I'm just sick of their plot choices for like every single thing has to be like a galaxy ending agreed, event agreed yeah I did I struggle with Picard this season. I enjoyed it on some level but I yeah. can see it's just uh, they were just literally as you said earlier just like oh we got this plot idea throw it in throw it in. yeah not going yeah. anywhere with it throw it in anyway that's it I think my biggest issues with both the last seasons of Picard and Discovery was that they didn't have enough plot for that many episodes, mm. but they strung yeah. along anyway. Yeah, I think I, I said um, on online every episode of Picard had at least one moment that yep. I did love. Yeah, yeah. And I do think they sort of get you know it's Patrick Stewart playing Jean Luc Picard. I'll always watch that. 
and enjoy that on some level. But yeah, it just the fact that they had not enough plot for too many episodes led to some very bizarre and poor writing choices. The simplest solution they could have come up with, and it would have worked, is had two five episode arcs. First, Confederacy yeah. thing, and then the, in the past, thing for five episodes. Because five episodes are what forty five minutes. That would have been nice movie length, and it probably would have been tight-ish. And yeah, but then it's like the Torchwood series. What's it? Uh, Miracle Day. If that had been two five part stories, it would have been fine. Ten episodes. Yeah. It's just there's just not enough plot, clearly. Or maybe come up with a story that needs that sort of plot in first. Do you know what what has upset me a bit about Discovery? And and this is definitely not Sonika Martin Green's fault, but it suffers from Walking Dead syndrome. In that it's like a galaxy that at one point is safe suddenly becomes unsafe again, and then that plot cycles and cycles forever. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. 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 But, you know, 300 years in the past on Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. So, Elliot, you've got all that to look forward to. But right now. Hey, by then, well, you're. I, I zoned out. This, I was looking at a banana. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, that was the perfect time to go on your Dragon Ball Z sites. <laughs> there aren't sites, Patrick. There must be more than one. Probably, I guess there are, but I don't go on specific <laughs> sites. That sounds like old two thousands things. <laughs> yeah, Patrick, keep up. Come on. What, like Patrick? <laughs> no, no, I predate the two thousands by a long way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, Archer and Hoshi are leading to Pole to the lost city of Urk. What? I cannot remember how they pronounced that. You said that was perfect, but the trepidation made it all the better. Anyway, they arrive and the city's ruined and everyone's dead. Yay! I mean, yeah, obviously. I, say, I did kind of zone out around this point in the episode because I got distracted by my phone, which bizarre it would be much was much more interesting <laughs> do they actually explain because i might have missed it or it could just be dink because it sounds like something they do do they explain why what happened to the city why why these people came extinct other than the fact we've got a virus that turns you into our people like in the like in the in the light you can remember us blah 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 but do they explain what happened i don't remember them doing that yeah, I, I think that the auto industry that was in that city moved to another planet and just kind of killed the, <laughs> killed the town. <laughs> Are you saying it was the Detroit of the Expanse? Yeah, yes, outer space Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh dear. So Topol starts saying, hey, we could go to the Enterprise instead, and then they try and strangle her. <laughs> and at this point, I was thinking, Topol, why don't you just nerve pinch him? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not human, so maybe their nerves are not in the right place anymore. You know, just keep squeezing different bits until they pass out. Yeah. Try pinch, 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 pinch. Aha, gotcha. They could have tried. Ah, I squeezed your dick and you pass out. <laughs> Excellent. That's a nerve pinch. <laughs> oh, grief. And then trips, they go, me, my turn. You're not an alien. But. <laughs> <laughs> she basically says, no, it wasn't me. And they go, oh, all right then. And then the other aliens turn up with their flamethrowers, so they leg it. Archer has a fight with one, gets his gun, smashes him in the face. He's about to kill him with a rock. And Topol says, no, don't kill him. That's bad. If he dies, that would be really, really bad. And then they run away and his mates turn up and kill him. Well, also, doesn't there's a moment before the Marines or no, before the aliens turn up to start chasing them where they hear someone coming and 
Archer, Alien Archer goes, oh, just friends of yours. And DePaul goes, I don't think so. And I was like, why don't you think so? You don't know there are people after you. <laughs> they don't sound like humans when they're running. All you know is Enterprise people. Or maybe she could smell. She could smell they were. They just meant <laughs> yeah, they didn't smell like shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, what happened to trying to look for positive reasons why these things are happening? And now you're just barreling in here again. Just classic Elliot now. <laughs> <laughs> it was a brief blip. He's moved past that. Yeah, it was a very, very <laughs> slight alteration that only lasted a few minutes, and then Flox gave me the cure, and I'm back to my normal self. <laughs> 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 so the aliens chase Archer to Paul and Hoshi out of the caves and then they surround them with their flamethrowers and then luckily oh we missed the bit where Trip went to get the peach because that's got the DNA on it Flox made a cure all good peaches for free. it wasn't that exciting it's just so lucky peaches. she bit that isn't it what could yeah. have done okay so that's why that fruit was in that scene yes yeah this, that was important. That was it, yeah. Good payoff. I mean, yeah. Rush, couldn't they? Like, usually they do. <laughs> you know what they normally do in these types of episodes? Because let's face it, Star Trek does this quite a lot in some way. Oh, just get some hairbrush. There we go. That'll do. Yeah, well, the hair and the hairbrush, obviously, not the hairbrush itself, because, well, I don't know, maybe. But yes. <laughs> they thought about the Paul's spit jar. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so Trip beams down with the Marines, they shoot all the other aliens, and then they take Archer and Hoshi and T'Pol back up to the ship. Travis is sitting in the captain's chair again. Trip phones <laughs> up and says, oh, hey, as soon as we're back on board, we need to go to warp four. And Travis is like, oh, shit, I'm in the wrong chair. You, get out of my seat. I need to take us to warp four. And makes this guy who's <laughs> at the helm leave so he can do it. Yeah, the guy who sat at the helm was like, literally, I've done the same course as you. <laughs> my, my buttons. The only thing I get to do an episode, leave me alone. <laughs> it doesn't even go to four straight away. It takes a few. It's like, it's like you fly out a bit, then it's like, no, that's not straight. Is that's, that's waiting. They could have shot you by then. <laughs> but obviously, he'd be in the captain's chair, so he'd forgotten how to press his buttons quick enough, I guess. You've got to be like, hey, I did something. <laughs> now, what button was it? So they... They do go to warp, and then Trip comes up to the bridge, and the alien ships are starting to follow them and shoot at them. And there's some guy sat at Hoshi Station, just this dude, some guy, I don't know his name, and he's like, oh, hey, they're hailing us. And Trip goes, fuck you. No, we keep flying. We need to have a little bit more time. And then apparently that little bit more time is 30 seconds, because when they hail again, they go, oh, yeah, all right, we'll answer it. Look, Archer and Hoshi are fine. You don't need to kill us, because we killed the disease. Fucking... Lumpy archer bumbling here. Are you shooting my shit full? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's still got a little lump on his forehead and Hoshi's got some around the eyes, but the treatment works very quickly, initially. But that's enough. The alien's like, oh, all right, you can go then. Bye, nice to meet you. <laughs> and then Malcolm's in the doctor's office going, I don't feel well. My tummy still hurts. And Fox oh is like, God. your tummy always fucking hurts. We dealt with that in the fucking Nacelle <laughs> episode. <laughs> That's not the aliens. What That's a shit you. hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Good old Malcolm. <laughs> yeah. Flock says, you fucking goblin. And Malcolm goes, no, we're done with that one. <laughs> I killed that joke while I was down on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And then Archer walks in and Flock says, hey, I've got the last of the virus here. I'm going to destroy it. And Archer goes, no, don't. We need to preserve their civilization. And Flox goes, it's a fucking germ, mate. <laughs> and Archer goes, no, no, no. No, we must put it in stasis. And then he leaves and Flox puts it in his little drawer, which he's told Archer is a stasis drawer, but is probably an incinerator. <laughs> chucked it out the air. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's very weird they make such a big thing of that because I feel sure they never, ever mention it again. Also, dumbass, dumbass Archer, science officer was there. She would have gone, what are you doing? No, the code to that species is in that vial. We can recreate that entire species without having to fucking infect other ones. Maybe that's what they do off screen just to make it worthwhile. Cause... Nope, he chucked it out of the air. Oh no, where does it? None of this episode goes anywhere, it seems. <laughs> so, yeah, um... Elliot, I'm very sorry that I told you season three gets better. Cause I didn't believe awful. you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it just takes a while to get started, that's all. Surprise mm. uh, in a nutshell, right? <laughs> <laughs> it takes a while to get started, and then it's over. Yes, it takes a long time <laughs> to get from there to there. See? The theme song makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> very long time for to get from the beginning to the end to get onto good Star Trek. Oh no, you got Discovery as well, haven't you? Mm. <laughs> I like season two of Discovery, and we've got that. Yeah, that's true. Season two's not awful, but yeah, that was Extinction. That was that was an episode. <laughs> mm. See, I started this episode thinking this wasn't too bad, but now talking to you guys, I'm like, no, it was a bit shit actually, wasn't it? <laughs> right, <laughs> Elliot <laughs> does that every week. <laughs> I don't know how many times I'm going to have to say it. Every episode is bad. It's about whether it's interesting or not. <laughs> it's actually funny because before you guys did this, and I'm not going to lie, when I rewatched Enterprise myself when I got it on Blu-ray a couple of years ago, I enjoyed it. Now, man, I'm dreading rewatching it. <laughs> it's going to be quite hard. I'm doing it in the right way. It's weird. I, I think that I I the same, but I didn't watch like many episodes of it. But I remember like picking and choosing a few random episodes, and but it was probably just because I was like remembering episodes I enjoyed, and yeah, just rewatching those. And plus, I think most of the episodes I enjoyed are still to come, so that's slightly positive. And some one really, really, really good episode at the end. <laughs> I think part of it as well is because we know we're going to have to talk about it. So I'm watching it with a much more critical eye than yeah, I true. did when I first watched it. Yeah. And that means that the flaws become more apparent to me. Well, I'm like that watching uh, yeah. this series at the moment, because obviously I'm making notes on my phone to, to, to try and get some interest in like, oh, that's an, that's an interesting fact. That's the first time that was mentioned. Yeah. I'm not just watching like like before, where you just be watching. Now you're like, you're looking things, and boy, you find them. <laughs> Yeah. Also, I think that now me watching Enterprise is not me lying on the couch after a large pasta meal, just kind of going, ha, yeah, funny. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> now it's watching in a shower instead, isn't it? Because <laughs> I have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is an element of that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I'm obligated to watch this now. <laughs> not possibly spend time to watch on my own. I just watch in the shower. That way, this is productive. <laughs> It, it was good. I mean, I might do that again sometime. I just assume you do it with every episode now, to be honest. It's just the fact that you took a picture while you was doing it as well. That, that made me laugh. <laughs> like, I mean, you're tall or you've got a very short shower. Okay. I'm tall. <laughs> like, that shower head was nowhere near your face. 
I know that's how I can do it. <laughs> I've seen your shower. I've not I've not been in Matt's shower, but I've seen it, and it is quite a small shower as well. Yeah, it's like a cubicle shower. Like, I mean, I used to think that everybody could do what I do, but I've recently discovered it. It's only because I'm tall <laughs> that I can watch. And I am inventing a Polly Pocket style thing that I can hang over my shower door so I can just watch with no hands and you know entirely. So yeah, this was such a good episode of Enterprise that we're now discussing the best way to watch TV in the shower. That's hard <laughs> more than this episode as well. <laughs> I mean, do we have anything else to say about Extinction? As I said, I like Linda Park. I enjoy what she's doing. It's a shame she just doesn't get more to do when she's actually playing her character. Actually, I quite liked the makeup on the aliens and Archer's uh, 90s boy band hair. I did like that Travis kind of had something to do. Not a lot, Almost. But, you know, he, he had a more or less active part in the plot for a change, so it won't last long, obviously, but, you know, it was a nice one-off, I suppose. I like the peach. Millions of peaches. And you didn't even get a taste it. <laughs> Looked good. <laughs> I, I agree. I like the makeup. I didn't like Archer's and Malcolm's hair. I thought that was the worst looking wig I've ever seen in my life. But yeah. but for, yeah, for fun's sake, yeah, it was crazily fun. And yeah, see previous comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, our next episode, and I'm not sure how to pronounce this, Elliot, but it's Rajin. All right. Rajin, R A J I I N. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Come on, give me. What are you expecting, Elliot? What am I expecting? <laughs> <laughs> You're asking me what I'm expecting of Enterprise. No, we don't have time for that. We don't have time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, Andy, thank you so much for coming back and joining us again. You're a fool to yourself. I have to admit, there was a few times where I forgot I was part of the conversation because I'm so used to listening to you guys talk. I was like, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where can people find you online? Now they can find me. You can find me on Twitter because I have revealed myself, as it were. Hang on. You know what I'm saying. Just type my name in on Twitter. You'll find me. Same as on Instagram. Type my name and you'll find me. But you, you can't find me on Facebook because my account's private, unless I know yeah. So, yeah, that's where you'll find me. And I will put links to Andy's Twitter and Instagram in the description of the show, along with links to our own social media presence, Elliot's new YouTube channel. I was going to can... say, yes. Speaking of which, hell yeah, I got a new YouTube channel out, people. And I put uh, my album out. It's sort of a showcase album, just some instrumental tracks, but there's multiple genres of music for you to listen to. And I'm working on some other stuff at the moment as well. I'll link that in the description. Cool. Andy, you're on YouTube as well, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I've been on it forever, but I can never find anything to do. Like I started doing Star Trek reviews. That lasted one. Literally, I did Picard season two, episode one, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I watched episode two, and I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't think I'm going to review the rest of this season. <laughs> but yes, now I've started a series called Writer's Talk, where I talk to writers about writing and sometimes not about writing. One episode's up, and I've got 14 people on my list already including two of you guys so yeah they you know pop the link on the bottom that'd be fantastic i will stick that in there as well plus as ever the link to our coffee account where if you have enjoyed the show and would like to donate to it help make it better pay us to watch this shit you motherfuckers you can do so (laughs) Um, as as uh 
as Gary recently did. We had a recent payment from Gary. We hugely appreciate that, Gary. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gary. For donating to the show. That's uh, we, we we hugely appreciate anyone that does that. Thank you so much. You know. <laughs> I'm, do you know what? I'm just glad that I'm not the most alienating person in this episode. <laughs> Is it because I just called our listeners motherfuckers? Yeah, yeah. Suddenly, Elliot's enjoying it. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm going to reference this as the episode that you enjoyed. <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> thank you. I'm the fucking audience. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. You're not motherfuckers. I love you all. <laughs> everyone take care, and we will speak to you again soon. Bye-bye. Dragon Ball <laughs> University just to spite you guys. <laughs> 